Welcome to Highlight Church. Let's honor our first-time guests. We're so glad that you're here today. Thank you all for joining us. Um, you know, life, life can tend to uh, make us feel insignificant. Um, and I, I don't know about you, but for me, I often question, does what I do matter in the, in the grand scheme of, of things? Um, like, yeah, I'm preparing for messages hours on end throughout the week. Um, and I guess to a certain degree, you know, it's, it's having some kind of impact. But, you know, right, you, you really, you, you go and you do your thing, be it parenting or at work or in your relationships or friendships and studying, whatever. At a certain point in your process, you, you ask yourself, does, does what I do really matter? Like, what, what, what will it come to? What's the end result of my ins and outs every day? You know, what we find in Scripture is we, we find our, our heroes throughout the Bible struggle with the same uh, idea or, or question. Like, does what I do really matter? I'm, I'm going hard for God. I, I'm trying to obey God. I'm trying to do what's right. But ultimately, what is this going to come to in the next two, three, four, five years? Is it going to all come to nothing, or is it going to pay off? Um, and so in the narrative, before we jump to it this morning, we're going to read about the Apostle Paul. So when I say the word apostle, that word means sent one. Paul, his name used to be Saul. Saul means to question. Um, more so translated, Saul was prideful. Um, Saul was high-ranking in, in Jewish uh, society. He was a lawyer. He was a doctor of, of Jewish law. It's pretty wealthy, pretty well-off dude. Um, and then he met Jesus. Uh, but before he met Jesus, he arrested and murdered Christians. And so uh, Jesus turned his name from Saul to Paul. Paul means small. Or it means humble. So Jesus took him from his high horse and he humbled him. And um, Paul's conversion was like, I don't know, a leader of ISIS or whatever worst guy you can think of, uh, turning into Joel Osteen, Charles Manson, I don't know, just throw out a name, turning into Joel Osteen. That, that was Paul. Uh, when I say Joel Osteen, don't dig into the theology behind it. We all have our different opinions about Joel Osteen. I don't know about you, but when I was a baby in Christ, and even now, Joel was awesome. A lot of people say he preaches prosperity gospel and all this. Um, but Joel is awesome. He, he encourages you with a soft tone. He doesn't yell at you like me. So I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Um, so Paul went from Saul to Paul, and he had a few missionary journeys. As a matter of fact, Paul wrote about uh, 15, 20% of your Bible. Jesus really took his life and transformed him for the better. But on his second missionary journey, he ended up in a province called Macedonia. And within that province, he ended up in a city called Thessalonica. In Thessalonica, he preached about the good news of Jesus for three Sabbaths. He was there for three weeks. Some people believed in Christ when he preached. Uh, the other half didn't. The half that didn't believe in Christ, they, they started riots. You can read all this in Acts 
chapter 17, 18, and 19. If you need a biblical reference, you can find the story that I'm referring to in 17, 18, and 19 in the book of Acts. We're going to do a series this summer called Summer Bliss. In a couple weeks, we're going to start Summer Bliss June 10th. And then next summer, we're going to go through the book of Acts. I already got this thing. It's going to be called, Why Y'all Acting Like That? Because really, it's the acts of the Holy Spirit through man. All historical, all real. And I can't wait for next summer already. Y'all know me. Visionary, we stay out front. Um, By that time, we'll be at two or three services. And this this place will be pumping. This place well, three people show up with me, so, to serve. Anyway. So he went uh, from Thessalonica, riots, sent him down to Athens. Acts chapter 18, he goes to Athens, and he addresses uh, the Greek gods. And in Athens, you got to read it in Acts 18, they have all these statues of these different gods, and then they have a kind of like a platform for for one god, but there's no statue, and they name this particular platform um, to the unknown god. And so Paul, in Acts chapter 18, he takes the time while in Athens to preach about Jesus. And all of Athens pretty much is converted to Christ. And so you see the Roman Empire, which is the most powerful empire in the world at this time, the gospel is beginning to spread from Jerusalem by, by, through one man. And so from Acts 18 to Acts 19, uh, they throw another riot because they're turning the world up. Paul is turning the world upside down, and he ends up in Corinth. In Acts chapter 19. At this point, Paul is extremely discouraged. He's been beaten. He's been spat on. Uh, friends and, and family and people who said, hey, I'm going to be with you until the very end. They've left him. They've talked bad about him. They've, they've went on with their lives. They're taking Sunday. Well, it was Sabbath. So they're taking Saturdays off now. They're chilling while Paul is still doing the work of God. And he's discouraged to the point where if you read Acts 19, I don't have the verse 8 through 10. Jesus himself himself comes to Paul and he says, don't be afraid. Don't give up. Keep preaching. I have people in this city. Nothing's going to happen to you. There's a calling on your life. You got to press in. You got to press forward. I got your back. Jesus himself had to come in a vision and visit Paul because he was so discouraged. Timothy and Silas... He left them in Thessalonica. Several months has passed by. They finally reach Paul in Corinth, and they give him the great story about how well the church in Thessalonica is doing. And and they say, hey, Paul, man, this church is is serving its city. It's changing lives. Addictions are being broken, and marriages are being healed, and people are growing in their faith, and leaders are being raised up you know you Paul left Timothy and Silas there and Timothy and Silas were raising up pastors and and leaders and 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 what Thessalonica the church is called Thessalonians is the letter we're going to read it the church in Thessalonica they were their influence and their impact was spreading all across the province all across the region and Paul receives the message from them and 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 it fills his heart with joy He's ecstatic because on average, Paul would stay in the city for a year, year and a half, three years. At one point, Paul stayed in the city for 14 years. It was abnormal for him to preach for three weeks and then move on. 
So he wondered if his work truly mattered. And, and, and he gets the greatest report from his, his shortest stench of faithfulness and consistency. A three-week versus 14 years, he gets the greatest report of his 20-something-year ministry within a three-week span. He's discouraged, but he gets a great report, and it fills his heart with joy to know that the church is actually being the church. So we're going to jump into 1 Thessalonians um, uh, chapter 1, and it's going to be verse 1. Here we go. This letter is from Paul. So he writes a letter back to the Thessalonian church, and he says this. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He does that. This means that they are two in one. Now, there's actually a third dude. His name is the Holy Spirit, but he's just right now referencing God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Lord here means um, authoritative figure. When someone is your Lord, you serve and obey them. Your life belongs to them. Now, how can my life belong to a man and belong to God at the same time? Easily, because they're the same. God the Father and Lord Jesus. They refer to God in the Old Testament, many different names, but one name they referred to God the Father as in the Old Testament before Christ was Lord or Yahweh or God or Jehovah. But they were all one and the same. So Paul is saying here, God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says here, may God give you grace and peace. Verse 2, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God, I'm sorry, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work and your loving deeds and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when he brought you the good news, there it is, I finally found my verse, verse 5. Here it go. Uh, for when he brought you the good news, it was not only the, with words, but also with power, for the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And we know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of your severe suffering it brought you. In this way, they were suffering, they were under persecution whenever they received Christ. Like I said, riots, people's families were dying, all kinds of crazy stuff, things that we don't go through today, but they went through in first century Christianity, um, we're not, our moms aren't dying because we go to church. That was their situation. Oh, you believe in Jesus? Off with your head. We, you know, we got bills to pay. We got work on Monday, but we don't go through what they went through. And so Paul is acknowledging and he's really edifying and encouraging them in this. He said here in verse 6, in this way you imitated both us and the Lord. Verse 7, as a result, you have become an example to all believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Acacia. You, you have become examples. And, and so last week, I shared vision of our church, right? Anyone remember that? Woo, woo. Yeah. By 2023, we're going to have three locations. Highlight. 
We're going to be in Frederick, here in Gaithersburg, and down in Silver Spring. Look at my girl. My girl's like, yes, please come. We need you. Look, look how important y'all are now. And then by 2040, we're going to have 20 locations covering the state of Maryland. That, that's where we're headed. The, 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 the series is 2020. It's, it's the vision that God has shown me. And so um, I want to, I want to, I got to, I got to build here. Can we build? Can we teach? Cool. So when you give your heart to Jesus, you receive salvation. Faith in Jesus, you repent of your lifestyle of sin, you turn towards God, you believe in your heart, and you profess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9 through 10, that Jesus is Lord. In that moment, you receive salvation. All of your sin, my sin, wiped clean. The Bible says that it is by grace through faith. So grace is a free gift through faith. So, oh, wow, salvation is free, and God offers it. I believe it. You're saved. You're going to heaven. Congratulations. The greatest decision you'll ever make. And so, a lot of people don't understand that when you give your heart to Jesus, you become the church. The concept of going to church on a Sunday is not biblical. The, the concept, I'm, I'm getting up and I'm getting dressed and I'm going to church. God doesn't know what you mean. <laughs> That's how confused, biblically, God doesn't understand that concept. He gets it, he's God. But the first century church, Paul and Silas and Timothy, Corinth, Galatians, Acts, all those, Peter, they wouldn't understand you when you say, I'm, I'm going to church this Sunday. They would have said, hold on, we, we are the church. Like the top dogs would have been like, we are the church. What do you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Get me straight. I'm millennial. I'm 2,000 years later. We, we mess things up. Bow down, Peter and Paul. You know, I get it. I do that to my wife a lot. When, when my wife is yelling at me at home, she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I walk out the room like this. And she knows that's like, oh, Josh, come on, you've been. No, you're being extra. You know, I'm. The Bible says, humble yourself and God shall lift you up. So I'm, I'm trying to get lifted. And so the word there is ekklesia. It's a Greek word. It means called out ones. So you're in the world, but you're not of the world, is what Jesus said to the disciples. Follow me today. Y'all know I won't let you down. Called out ones. Also, when you give your heart to Jesus, you receive the spirit of God in you. Look, I'm not going to preach today. I'm, I'm in a teaching season until like September. So whatever I give you, face value, you know, Enoch believed and he took it to the next level. It, it, I'm not going to yell. I'm just going to give you truth. You receive the spirit of God in your heart when you believe in Christ. The creator of the universe lives on the inside of you. Ephesians 1 verse 13 says this. It says, and now you Gentiles, that word there means non-Jewish people, because Paul was called to the Gentiles, Peter was called to the Jews, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you his spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. So when you gave your heart to Christ, Jesus 
or I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, made his home in your heart. So God is in you, just purely based upon your profession of faith. That's powerful. And when the Spirit got, came on the inside of you, he delivered gifts. Or let me say this, abilities or capabilities. The Bible actually calls them graces. So when God comes and fills you, he graces you with supernatural ability. Got that? You have supernatural, world-changing ability. And now what you've done is spread all across Macedonia and Acacia. You were suffering but you understand that you're filled. And now the impact is spreading all across the region. You are filled with the spirit of God. First uh, Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. You have different kinds of graces, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So while I may be the man with the mic, I'm not everything. I just have a gift or two. You also have gifts. He says this, verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Same spirit distributes services. Stop. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does it, who does the work in all of us. Look at this here in verse 4. Go to verse 4. Look at this. Spiritual gifts, same spirit. So the Holy Spirit fills you and gives you abilities. Watch this. Verse 5. Different services, same Lord. Holy Spirit. Jesus. Different ways, verse 6, same God, the Father. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all work in tandem, or at least they're trying to work through the church. All one, same spirit, same Lord, same God, has gifted you, Andy, with supernatural ability. So now the question becomes, hmm, and I love this because it says gifts, services, and ways. Um, 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 he, he's giving us gifts, services, and, and all this stuff to service church, uh, to edify each other, and to reach the world, those who don't have salvation, those who don't know Jesus himself. My question now becomes this. Should our heart's desire be success or significance? Should our heart's desire be success or significance? Success is um, uh, the, the aim to attain popularity, status, profit. It, it, it's, hey, I, I, I've succeeded when I move into this neighborhood. Or I'm successful when I've gotten this degree. Or I'm successful when I've married this type of person. Or I'm successful when I have this amount of money. It, it's success. Within itself, none of this stuff is bad within itself. So we're not saying a sin to be successful. But, but, but this is what success says when you get there. Success says this. It says, I've made it, but something's missing. 
I got it, but something is, something's missing. I, I thought it was going to be 100000 a year or two hundred or a quarter million or a million a year salary. I, I got it. Something's missing. I, I thought it was going to be that neighborhood, that home, that, that pay scale. I, I got it, but, but something's missing. Within itself, success is not bad, but ultimately it, it leads to a dead end road. So some of the most successful people, Warren Buffett, number one, he's worth $77 billion. He said, I measure success by how many people I've made happy. Bill Gates, he's worth $86 billion. He said this, it's nice to feel like you made a difference. Inventing something that helped people in need. And Michelle Obama at the 2012 Democratic National Convention, she said this about her husband. For Barack, success isn't how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. We, whether we like these individuals or not, we can all agree they're all successful through and through. But there's one, there's a common denominator here. Their aim was never success. Their aim has always been, even before we knew them, significance. So what you've done has spread all across Macedonia and Acacia. Because the, Thessal the church of Thessalonica, their aim was significance. Now, what is significance? Significance is the quality of being important. Oh, man, those of you whose hearts are open today, you're going to be so blessed. You note takers. Woo. The quality of being important, the quality of having value. So success says, I've made it, but something's missing. Significant says this, I've found it, and I'm fulfilled. I found it, and I'm fulfilled. And the future is fuller. Significant says, I've found it, and I'm fulfilled. And no matter what comes my way, no matter what opposes me, no matter who has anything, no matter the negativity and the criticism, when I found my calling, when I understand what God has gifted me for, when I have the heart of Jesus for the world, when I find it, yeah. I'm fulfilled. And the future is fuller. And so... Should the aim be with the spirit of God, should it be success or significance? And I want to encourage you with this here. The, the local church, watch me now, watch this. The local church host or God orchestrated the local church, which is a body of people, not a building. He orchestrated and created the local church to host and to facilitate your significance. This is why Satan hates it when people commit to a local body of believers. Because he knows that you're filled with the spirit. He knows what's on the inside of you. So he'll use anything to distract you to keep you from getting your roots deep 
into participating in the local church. So during the series, we're dealing with the three eyes. Our, our church believes in three eyes. Invite, we did it, uh, we preached about invite last Sunday. You can go back to the podcast. Involvement and invest. Invite, involvement, and financially investing. It's biblical. You can go back to a series in November we did. Four weeks, all there. Today we're going to deal with involvement. Remember, success, I've made it, but something's missing. Significance, I found it, and I'm fulfilled. And, and the local church is the place where you, where you get, give birth to your significance and where you grow in it. So, so it's important for you to begin to pray and adjust your schedule around God and around church, not adjust the church and God around your schedule. That's if I want to. That's if I want to change the world. That's if I want my kids to know who Jesus is. That's if I want to find true purpose. That's if the world has to submit to Jesus, not me submit Jesus to my world. It, it has to. It has to. I, I get it. There's schedules and there are things and there are trips and there's this and there's that. I got it. I got it. I get all that. But, but what I'm saying is, is this. Unless you absolutely have to go to work or school, I get it. Do your two, three weeks vacation. Unless you absolutely have to, be in church. Get in a light group. Invite people. Because they're going to get there too. And they're going to be like, man, I'm, something's missing. Something's, something's missing. What I want to give you today is, um, so into God, I'm sorry, and HL, you are significant. You are valuable. You are great. And we've created space for you to serve God and to fulfill your God-given calling. Your God-given calling. Today, I want to give you three ways to grow in significance. Three ways to grow in significance. Number one, involvement. Being involved in your local church. Doesn't have to be highlight, can be wherever. Many of people have came through here and said, you know, we're just trying to fill it out, we're praying. Totally fine. I pray that you're inspired wherever that place is, that you would get involved there. Pray that you would give financially there. Don't just consume, invest back into the, the local church. Pray that you would invite there. So involvement. It's interesting, I'm a, I'm a big, not sports head, I love basketball. Uh, and I'm starting to love baseball. You have these legends, these these legends in sports, like these individual players. If you, I, I'm probably gonna separate most of my crowd, but I'm not worried about that for the sake of my analogy and my preparation time. You have guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's the okay, all right, good, I got a few. Um, <laughs> who's the lead leading scorer of all time in basketball? Thirty-eight thousand points, twenty-one years. He won a few championships. Then you have a guy like Allen Iverson, who's amazing. He was great. 11-time All-Star, couple MVPs, All-Star MVPs, most valuable player, so on and so forth. But when you go down his list of achievements, what you don't see is NBA champion. So you have a great individual who scored a lot of points, who had a long career, successful individual career, 
but we'll never see NBA champion under his name. <laughs> you can get a guy like, I don't know, Derek Fisher. Okay, that's if you know basketball, you know that name. <laughs> While Allen Iverson averaged like almost 30 points his entire career, Derek Fisher comes along, 18-year career, and he averages eight points. Five assists, three rebounds. You look at his stat sheet, he's a five-time NBA champion. He's five-time NBA champion. This is what I want to say. If you want to win championships in life, be involved somewhere. Be involved with a group of faith-filled people that are working in tandem with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to win championships. Be involved somewhere. Get in community. I saw some of my HL girls the other day. They were getting their feet done, child. They just was right there. Ooh, getting that feet done. Love that. You you love that, right? Yeah. Get involved if you're going to win championships. There was a season where Kyra and I, we were casually dating, but I couldn't deny the fact that she had a son that wasn't mine. So what was going to open up, what did I have to do to open up the door to the future? I had to get involved. I had to potty train him, put him to bed at night, show up to baseball practice, plays, baseball games. Before you know it, five years later, we're happily married and God is having his way through our lives. But I had to get involved in the early stages and that involvement had to be consistent in my heart, not, oh, come on, Jesus, thank you. Oh, God just said, forget your notes, because I'm memorizing my notes. He just said, forget it. So this is what he's saying. He said, you can be there physically, but your heart be totally out of the building. So don't get involved at a local church just to say, hey, God, I'm here. You need to find somewhere where the Spirit has given you peace. Find that place. I was re- I'm reading through Psalms and Proverbs, and the Bible says that those who love a pure heart and genuine speech shall have a seat with the king. So if you're somewhere, allow your heart to be there. This is vision ownership. I don't have time to deal with all this, but I do want to tell you this. If you're here long term, the seven-year three campuses It's not just my vision, it's your vision. Because you play a key role in that. Allen Iverson was the key. Derek Fisher was a key. And and so let me let me help you here with with some with some um some scripture. Romans twelve, four through eight says this just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, the church. Wow, the body of Christ, Thessalonica, Macedonia, you're changing lives. Jesus, when he was on the, in the world, he healed the sick, he, he healed the blind, he changed lives, he went to the next village and did it. Now he's in heaven, now the church is the body of Christ. Macedon, Gaithersburg, Germantown, all of, okay. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to put something together here. 
says this here, we are many parts, one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So you do something well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy or to foretell, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving generously, give that bread. If God has given you leadership ability, a lot of people didn't laugh on that. If God has given, there it is, leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift of showing kindness, do to others and do it gladly. So we're the body of Christ. You may be the arm, the, the, the pinky toe is very important. You may be the pinky toe, but you, you have a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. You have a gift. And there are two ways you can get involved here. I mean, there are a few ways. Number one, attend Sundays. Number two, go to light groups. But number three, this is my heart for you today, is to uh, become a superhero. We've taken super steps from three to two steps. We're going to be doing super steps every first and second Sunday of every month, starting in June. Uh, that first Sunday, you hear the vision, the history, our doctrine, what we believe about Scripture, about God, Jesus, eternity, and all that. And that second Sunday, we take you on a journey where you discover your spiritual gifts, these things that Paul is referring to in Romans and Corinthians, and uh, so that you can step into and fulfill your calling. So number one is involvement. Number two, second way to grow in significance is you have to serve while suffering. Serve while suffering. We tend to draw back when things get tough in our faith. Uh, money looking funny. Bad breakup. Or we start to kind of fall back into sin. And we, we start getting kind of trippy in our commitment and showing up. God's calling is for us to learn to serve while suffering. The Thessalonian believers suffered much trouble in their families, in the workplace, in the shopping center. All of us will suffer through many toils and trials while holding on to Jesus. It's just a simple fact of the matter. Anyone going through a trial in here right now? Anyone? I, I, I'll be transparent. I am going, <laughs> going through a trial right now. A lot of moving pieces. So, like, one thing, as soon as church ends, my family and I were off to Florida because my dad is having major heart surgery in the morning. That's tough. That's your, that's your dad. And, and your mom is having a, a major test for something. We're looking for something. Tough, right? But... As your pastor, the calling is to stand guard. Just so as long as my father is breathing, I stand guard. I, I serve. I'm there. We're here. We don't move. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. If you read the Bible and read the character of God, any time the children of Israel are in a situation the common thread is move forward. <laughs> it's like, is he insensitive? No, he died on a cross for you. 
but he died on a cross so that you could move forward. So even while you suffer, you got to serve. You, you got to serve. I, there, there was a season in, in our lives where we were, some of you have heard the story, Kyra and I, we were on government assistance. Um, I was on a, a church staff, and uh, according to budget, they were only able to give me a stipend of $1,000 a month. Uh, Kyra was five weeks pregnant. She carried too much water. Um, she was a nurse, so she made like 80% of our income. And um, we had a five-year-old, Jay, and she had to stop working. So $1,000 a month, a family of three and a half. Um, then my car broke down. Um, we were consistently in the red. I was, man, every other day calling Wells Fargo, hey, uh, hey, could you reverse this uh, fee? Bring us back to zero <laughs> so I can swipe it again. <laughs> call you back consistently in the red but while being on the staff and doing ministry the call was this you're discouraged but I need you to encourage you don't know where your next meal is going to come from but with the church credit card (laughs) I need you to go and feed the poor at your location at your campus and I need you to deliver the food So tempted to. No, no. I need you to, oh, you need prayer, but I need you to pray. Macedonia, Acacia, through suffering, Jesus, kind of non tells, he ends up on the cross. Lord, forgive me when you enter into your kingdom. Today you shall be with me in prayer. On the cross, letting people into heaven. This is essential for your growth in your faith. You have to understand what you said yes to when you gave your heart to Jesus. You said yes to serving while suffering. But one thing we can't deny through the greatest of all time series is that there's a there's a trend here. There's a, there, there's a trend. He, Jesus suffered while, he, no, I'm sorry, he served while he suffered. Then the end result was that he became the most significant human being to ever walk the face of the earth. There's a trend here. I'm hurting, but someone else is hurting. I'm hungry, but someone hasn't eaten in a week. I'm down, but, but, but someone needs me to lift them up. There's a trend of significance and, and greatness here. Sickness and finances and relationships. Let me, let me put this on you. You may be going through hell right now so that when God gets you out of it, one day you can turn around and pull somebody out of their own hell. 
That, that, that's, you can clap for that. That's why you go through hell. Is because when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to pulling people out of hell. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. The addicted, the, the broken, the hurting, the, the, the disdain, the separated, the marginalized. You said yes, like, Lord, you brought me out of hell, and I'm going through hell right now, but because I came out of that hell, I'm getting out of this hell. But you know what, devil? I'm going to go right back through both of them, and I'm going to come on over here, and I'm going to get me somebody out of hell, and I'm going to launch them into their future. You got to serve while suffering. Told you it's gonna flow today, babe. I told you. Last week I'm right here like a teacher. Cause I wasn't ready. This week I'm ready. Y'all good? Y'all good? We still the church. We still moving forward. We still got a work we call it to. All right. And I love it because Paul says in verse three, you don't have to pull it up. He said, um, your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your hope, uh, and your uh endurance out of your hope for jesus so the thessalonian church had an eternal perspective they understood that suffering was only temporary and they pressed in the third thing and final thing is this if i'm going to grow in significance i have to dedicate my life to something greater than me life isn't about me that's what you said yes to you thought you thought when you said yes to Jesus, yeah, I'm going to heaven. But then things got hard and things weren't perfect. It's because you were misinformed. You're no longer on the dark side. You're on the good side. So hell's coming at you. And the way you defeat hell is to dedicate your life to something greater than you. Jesus actually saved you from you. The Bible says that before Christ, we were dead in our sins. So when you gave your heart to Jesus, he saved you from you. All right, dedicate my life to something greater than me. This past Thursday, um, we had the honor of, um, oh, man, it was such a blessing, of being invited to Family Services um, Board of Directors Award Ceremony. And uh, as a church, we were awarded the highest certificate that they could give. And um, you, church, were nominated, and I kept saying 2017 in previous weeks, but it's 2018. You were nominated and you received the Community Partner of the Year for 2018 award with Family Services. And so um, this is huge because they're the largest outreach organization in Montgomery County. And now their influence is starting to spread down to PG County as well. And, man, I, you know, God's good, man. I, I rub, you know, you, get, you go to these things, you rub some elbows. And uh, I rubbed elbows with the deputy sheriff of Montgomery County and uh, all these people that I don't fully know yet, but I will know in time. But um, they were just thoroughly impressed by your service, your giving. And... Uh, Many of them were brought to tears. They didn't know a church like this existed in the city. Even though there are bigger churches in the area, they may not be making the impact that we're making. And so um, this was, yeah, you, we can clap for that. G- great timing, great timing. I'll have you out of here. So Mary Murphy, she's the volunteer coordinator. She presented Kyra and I with the award. And this, I'm going to 
try to summarize her letter, but this is what she said to the people. She said, I first connected with Pastor Joshua of Highlight Church in early January 2017. He was responding to my Montgomery County Volunteer Center post for volunteers to help with the cleaning and organizing day at the Montgomery Station. The Montgomery Station is an area where they serve the mentally ill, um, poor people, homeless people. They come. And so since that successful, uh, first successful volunteer project at the Montgomery Station, Highlight Church members have offered their support more than 10 different times, all last year, 12 months, 10 times. The vision for us is once every month we're there. Because ch- people, these organizations understand that churches show up for Christmas, Thanksgiving, and back to school. We want to be there every month. Jesus was somewhere every day, changing a life. Can't do that, Jesus, but uh, we try. And he said this, um, cooking and serving with a celebration lunch at uh, Montgomery Station, helping the family discover center pack and clean in preparation for their move, and then helping to wash toys and assemble kids' bikes at their new location. So the Family Discovery Center is for uh, adult education, people who have had uh, children early. They may not have a bachelor's or a high school diploma or GED. This is where they help them get on track with life skills. And it's for child development. So you can understand that if people are having kids at such a young age, they may not, the children may not be developing right. So we were there to clean that up. Uh, she said this here, organizing a back-to-school bash for kids at the BAK Center. The BAK Center is where women and children are fleeing domestic violence. And uh, they go to bed a lot of nights not knowing if they're going to live or survive. And this is right here in y'all's backyard, our backyard. It's, it's all around. We don't got to go to D.C. and to Baltimore. And to, to, to. It's right here in the backyard. And complete with games, arts and crafts, and ice cream, Sunday bar, and donated backpacks for kids and banquets of flowers for the moms. At this point, her tears are beginning to flow. Um, painting walls and organizing stuff at the landing. The landing is for teenage substance abusers. 12 to 17, the largest demographic of substance abusers in Montgomery County is not 21 to 35 or 35 and up. It's 12 to 17. Last spring and just uh, last Saturday, 10 members were back at the landing, refreshing their new space and time for a big RAP event on Tuesday. Now, they had at one point shut this program down, but the state just gave them a quarter million dollars to reopen it. And we cleaned the facility, and 20 kids came that next day that are going to be finding freedom from substance abuse. Thank you. Thank you. As a part of our Hope for the Holidays drive, Highlight Church purchased gifts for 17 families, including 42 kids and two adults. They also donated hats, gloves, scarves, full-size toiletries worth 250, and, and $250 worth of gift cards. And when they heard that we still had a group of 25 teens without any holiday gifts, they stepped up and donated another $400 worth of gift cards. So as a church, you gave over $2,000 in in money and and investing and in presents to these families uh, last Christmas. Looking forward to the summer, Highlight Church is slated to help with a career day in June. We need teachers. We need administrators. We need medical professionals. We need you to step up uh, next month. We're going to be hosting a career day for the Keys to Success program. These are teenage mothers who drop their kids off at FSI. They go to school, and after after school, they come and they get tutoring. So right now, we're currently reaching out to them to send tutors at least once a week, not once a month. We're going to be there every week for these mothers. 
and these young fathers. And so they go back and they get that. Uh, a barbecue and a game movie afternoon in July for Montgomery Station, and they'll be hosting another back-to-school bash at BAK in August. And she says this, I am doing my best to keep them busy. Family Services is incredibly grateful for the many Highlight Church foot soldiers who have offered their time, energy, and loving kindness as volunteers for our programs. Thank you all. And we are so thankful for Highlight Church generous donations, including all the gifts at the holidays. Last March, a couple months ago, over 40 Highlight Church members attended the new volunteer orientation, the biggest in FSI history. Even though you're relatively small and growing, you're doing big things as a church. We're heading big places. And before I left, Pastor Josh offered Family Services a check for $1,000. And then we just dropped another check on them on Thursday of $1,000. Every month we give. Every month we're sending foot soldiers. But the, the funny part about all that is, is that she gave Kyra and I the award, but the entire time she couldn't stop talking about Megan Condro Giannis, your lead administrator. Let's give her some love. She, she's spearheading that thing. And she couldn't stop talking about you, the church. And because of you, FSI employees can now focus on their calling and not cleaning. Abused women and children know that there is a church that has their back. They get to go back to school with big smiles on their faces. They don't have to go hungry for the holidays. And they can find some sense of just peace and meaning and purpose. Because a group of 250, 300 people said, while we suffer, we're going to serve. And Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 8 through 9. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. He says, even beyond Macedonia and Acacia, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. And we don't need to tell them about it, for they keep on talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. Let's give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise. And I saved my title for the end. As you step into significance, as you dedicate your life to something greater than you, you yourself become larger than life. Let's pray, church. Father, we love you. We give you honor and praise. We give you glory. God, I thank you for calling us to significance. Lord, Lord, I pray that you would break our hearts for what breaks yours. Lord, we know that through our serving, we can find healing. Through our involvement, you want to bring us to a prosperous place. So, Jesus, I pray for the laborers today. Those that will contribute, not just consume. I pray for the hearts of your people to be open. And I pray that they would find themselves rooted 
in a local church that carries your heart for the city that you've called it to. God, and as we do these things, our significance grows because in all things we point the glory back to you. And I pray that you would allow a fresh anointing, a setting apart and empowering for every nurse, every teacher, every administrator, every associate, every doctor, every future doctor, every lawyer, every businessman, businesswoman, and entrepreneur. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a fresh anointing and wisdom to end their dealings, in their ins and their outs, to point people to you in everything that they do. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All heads bowed and praying. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord, I want to open up this opportunity for you today. This could be your day. If there was a time when you were walking with him, but you have since turned back into a lifestyle of sin, God loves you, he forgives you, and he's calling you home. Maybe you've chased success. Maybe you've made it to a certain extent, but something's missing. That thing that's missing is the spirit of God in your soul. So on the count of three, you'd like to receive salvation and forgiveness and to be filled with the spirit of God. I ask that you would just raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to call you to the front. Just raise your hand, and we're going to pray with you right there in your seat. On the count of three, you're coming to Jesus. One, two, oh, man, three. Keep those, keep them high. Bless you. God bless you. You can go ahead and put those hands down. Church, let's celebrate. Salvation reigns in this place today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, church, pray with me, and then we're going to go home. Repeat this after me. Father God, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for living a life without sin. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Make it your home. Have your way. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, church. See you later.